I don't know what it was, but like I would just see that little green plant and feel so like I almost felt like I exhaled when I saw it because it was like to me it was this message of Claire you don't have to go through all this alone or you don't have to you're not living life alone these are people they want to hear what they want to hear the rough stuff they want to hear the hard stuff they're going to champion your cause they're going to cheer for you they're going to cry with you they're going to sit with you and I know that seems like a lot to come from just seeing an emoji, <laughs> but um, it really did. I don't know. There was just this mental shift for me to see those things and then feel a sense of, oh, oh yeah. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Advice Not Given podcast. Each week, we share unfiltered, truth-telling conversations between two friends. You're invited to eavesdrop as we give each other the advice you didn't ask for, but wish you did. We're your hosts, Claire Wood and Kelly Artis of Millspo Gurus, and this is Advice Not Given. So here we are back for episode two, and today we're bringing up another interesting and maybe somewhat heavy topic, but it's this idea of whether or not your present reality matches what your hopes and dreams and expectations were for your life. And um, so often those things do not match up because when we were younger, we, we had all these ideas of, of maybe what the future would hold. And then you wake up one day and that's not really what you're living. And we want to talk today just about where that intersects. And then most importantly, how you can thrive and what you can do um, going forward. So Kelly, what do you think on that? So I've always had trouble with this topic, mainly because I was the kid that didn't really have ambition. (laughs) That sounds, that sounds crazy. But, um, I had a guidance counselor in college once tell me like, you will be amazing at something once you figure out what it is you want to (laughs) do. Do you think you figured it out? No, not at all. (laughs) Which also I think lends me to be a little more flexible and adaptable. Um, but it also kind of is like, what am I going to be when I grow up? Like I still have no idea. Um, but I, I do know that you have, everyone kind of has this perception or this, I mean, honestly, delusion, um, right. especially as a young adult coming out of college or coming out of, you know, like your, your last transition of life where you're, you know, being educated and then moving into adulthood. I think you have this illusion of like, I just, the world is open to me and it's free for the taking and I'm going to walk out of school and make six figures and everybody's going to be clamoring to hire me. And, you know, like, I'm just going to be, it's just going to be easy. And the reality is, is it's, It's really not. And then you throw in all these other variables into your life, you know, like family or partner or whatever, and it becomes a much bigger, more complicated thing to try to figure out. So, yeah, I don't know. I think a lot hinges on it. I don't have a clue where to go with it. (laughs) But I do think that there's so much value in being open-minded throughout the process. Um, Yeah. Because if you get fixated on one thing, I mean, my goodness. How many things could disrupt that, right? Yeah. And how disappointed will you stay oh. and how stuck will you feel when, you know, what you're actually living isn't maybe what you had hoped. I'll just tell you for me, um, you know, I did think I would be a teacher and that's, yeah, check mm-hmm. that box. That came true. I felt like I would more than likely get married. That came true. Mm-hmm. I knew I would be a mom, like all these things. So those are like big, bigger pictures of what I thought that have come true, but for me, one of my biggest areas of hang up is I just assumed I would be living in the same place, hmm. surrounded by extended family. 
-hmm. And that has not been my reality. And I have found over the years that I keep coming back to, but that was what I wanted. That was what I thought. That was what I had hoped, but that's not what is actually the case. And so I'm continuing to learn like, well, how do you align those two things? How do you honor the things that you want and things that are important, but then also live in your reality and and be healthy mentally in your reality? Or the different variation of what your reality has taken, like, because it doesn't necessarily have to look like, you know, the one thing. Yeah, no, so I don't know if I'd ever formulated, like, what, I think, I think you nailed it with assumption. Like, I just assumed, yeah, you know, you, you leave school, you probably find a partner, you settle down, whatever that looks like. I don't think it looked like a typical domestic situation for me ever. Like, I wasn't going to be, like, stay-at-home mom, which I have been several times. (laughs) So, um, don't thumb your nose up at it. (laughs) It happens. Um, I definitely saw myself as having some sort of like career, you know, like to be respected in a field. I had no idea what the field was. That was what was so crazy. Like choosing right. a major was really hard for me. Um, everything was interesting. And of course yeah. the things that I really wanted to study were not terribly like, uh, lucrative. Um, yeah. <laughs> so what was your major? I majored in communications, which is kind okay. of perfect. But what do you do with that? You know, like you could do just about anything with that. I did a business administration minor, um, and Spanish minor. Um, so random and, and did it prepare me for life? I don't think so. But I think, again, you have this assumption going into college, especially, oh, I'm going to learn everything I need to know to go out and have a career. That's not the case at all. They kind of just teach you how to learn, you know, I thought. Well, and I also have kind of more of a liberal arts background, but I feel like there, but I also have the like, vocational teacher licensure Mm -hmm. coming out of my degree but I I don't always think that college is about a specific vocation it is a time to learn to grow to think Mm. to get your place and get your footing in the world and so even as we prepare to have a child in college I'm thinking like are we you know is this strictly on a vocational path and you need to have a marketable skill and you need to be able to get a job or is this an opportunity for you just to keep growing, learning about who you are and the job part, the the vocation part will come. I mean, I want to say it's the latter, but then I guess it depends on you as a person, like in your, your skills and whatnot. I had no idea what I wanted to pursue. My sister went into education. My mother went into education. So they had a very clear path and very clear objectives to reach. And you know, I had a decent prospect of getting a job out of school. I had to just figure out, what do you want to do with this degree? And you don't know. So, and then, okay, so then I had friends who went into medical school or pre-law or whatever. Like, obviously, that's a very clear-cut um, ambition path. path. I didn't have that. Like, that's not what I wanted. That's not anything that I ever saw being of interest to me. I probably couldn't have done it anyway. But I think that they felt like they just had a firmer grasp on what their future was going to look like. But here's what's funny, and I think this is kind of exactly what brings us to this point today. Who at 18 really knows what they want out of life, (laughs) right? And so I think that's where I find myself now at 42. I'm like, well, now I think I do kind of know what I want. And have I done all the things up to this point to align with that? And like, it's almost this awakening or Mm. dare I say like midlife crisis because I mean I did know at 18 and and I do feel like those desires to become a teacher were part of like things that I feel like 
I've been gifted to do. So I'll say that. But like other other things, other areas of life, I don't think you can peg that down at 18 or 20. And then 20, 30 years later, 10, 15 years later, that's not necessarily going to be the exact same thing that's like filling you up. Right. And I think the harder you cling to that, the harder it is to let go of if it's not available to you at yeah. some point in time, whether it's taken away from you, whether you're transitioning into something else, whether, you know, whatever, whatever it is that happens, you can't let that become that pursuit become such a fixation and such a, a piece of your ego of your identity. Right. Otherwise, yeah. so what are you going to do when it fails? Those of you listening, because this is audio, you can't see, but I am showing white knuckles here because I have white knuckled <laughs> onto this idea. And yeah. as I mentioned earlier, for me, it's the, well, I just assumed that I would be living my life surrounded by extended family. That's my security is, is it has been up until this point. Um, and so, yeah, I feel like I've been living the last several years, very white knuckled, unwilling um, to let go of that idea and that dream mm. and that expectation. So, so I wondered, so if you're white knuckled, I would say that I would be grasping. That would, mm. that would be how I would. And so this is funny because it's actually kind of aligning to what we're both saying. Cause like I, I've always been a little envious of the people that had that one thing, you know, my, my husband who's serving in the army, like he's always had that one thing. That's what he right. wanted to be. That's what he wanted to do. And has driven him to such incredible, um, achievements and accomplishments and just grit. Like he does things that I would never even consider, like, just no, <laughs> it's not right. something that I would want to do. And he can, he can do it because it's going to drive him to the end goal or to whatever it is that he's pursuing. I don't think I have ever been driven in that way. Um, and so it's just a difference, right? Like a lot of the people that consume this space in when we start talking about achievement and, you know, goal setting and, you know, orienting your life and all this stuff, a lot of the people that are leading those conversations are the folks that have that sort of ambition and drive. So you don't right. often hear the people like me in the background, like, as long as I'm doing okay at whatever it is I'm doing in the moment, I'm totally fine with that. <laughs> I often call myself a fence sitter because I'm cool being middle of the road, middle of the pack. As long as I'm not struggling, um, I'm okay with that. So, you know, it, it comes back to like pouring your, what is most important to you? Is it the pursuit or is it the end goal? Is it the achievement? So you have to start to figure that out for yourself and then figure out, would it be okay if you lost the end result? Right. And would you still enjoy the ride? Um, much harder. Right. Much harder to do than to And say, see, it's but. so funny because I hear you say that and I'm like, man, that makes so much sense. But I hear Ryan, my husband, say it and I bristle. <laughs> so funny. I don't know what the, the story <laughs> is there because like you, I feel like he has, as a minister, he has a calling mm -hmm. that every decision he makes is shaped by that you know, that overarching thing. Hmm. But for me, I sometimes feel like, well, okay, well, what's, what's my role? What's my job? Um, and I need to be more loose gripped grasping at the, okay, being just okay in the middle, being okay, not knowing, being okay, just taking it a day at a time instead have, of having to know. Have you ever, or has your family ever, I bet you have, um, <laughs> done like a family mission statement or like a value sort of we statement. have I mean we've we've kind of worked through some but I won't say we have it like painted on a sign in our house <laughs> or anything it's not written in stone on Etsy. 
know. Yeah. So that's something that we've never done. And I also wonder, too, if that's not by nature of the fact that I'm like, ah, we need to stay flexible because <laughs> I don't want to be held accountable to it. But I wonder if that's not a good way to start um, making sure that your goals aren't oriented around a result. Right. Right. They're oriented around, you know, whatever it is that you enjoy doing in the pursuit of that result. Um, Yeah. hmm, I might actually challenge myself to do that. Yeah. (laughs) That's that's a good idea. Yeah. So what would you say, what would you say some of the dangers are in staying in this stuck place for people? Like what's the the detriment of that? I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is that what happens when you don't have that role to cling to any longer or that accomplishment to cling to what if you move to a new place and you don't you're not licensed to do the thing that you've pursued um what happens when you define yourself as a mother and your children go to college what happens i mean you know fill in the blank right when you over identify with any of your roles that becomes really precarious because the roles can go away so what is it that you find meaning in beyond just you know the title the title yeah jinx yep (laughs) yeah so lucky for me i don't have many titles no i'm just kidding but you know but there's and again i've always been so i sit in in all these conversations where we're talking about um and you guys will learn this very quickly if you haven't already caught on but we're both uh military spouses so i sit in on a ton of conversations where we're talking about being able to keep our licenses up for medical professionals, for nurses, for doctors, for teachers, for lawyers. And there's a huge conversation about license portability. Um, there's a huge conversation about, you know, people that are mental health professionals or um, speech by thought. I mean, you name it, who want to be able to transfer their careers across state lines, but it's really impossible. <laughs> I mean, it's getting True. better. It's getting a lot better. And I love that conversation, but I also am like, well, what about those of us who have just always had to, pick something that seems mildly interesting and try to make it work. You know, there is no, I don't have the security to fall back on to say, well, I am a licensed this, this is my field. This is what I'm pursuing. I just literally have to get to a place and yes, it's more flexible, but it's also really disorienting because you're having to like continually try to figure out how to apply your skills, your, everything that makes you amazing and special to a completely different industry. Like, I've worked in every field you could imagine, and they don't make yeah. sense, and they don't, they're hilarious looking at them on a it's resume. It's not linear. Oh, my God, no. And there is no, and yeah, and there's no path. There's no upward mobility. There's no trajectory, because you don't even know if that field, industry, whatever, will exist at the next place you go. Um, but I don't think that's unique to the military. I think that's just job turnover in general, right? Like, if you lose a job doing one thing you could be facing the same sort of situation. So yeah, it makes us nimble, but it also, it's it's hard. That is the worst question. I have always hated that question. Like what, when I was younger, what do you want to be when you grow up? Or like, what is what is it that you do? I'm like, oh my God, I have no idea how to answer that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I can tell you what my job which is day? right now. Oh, yeah, which exactly. day, which, yeah. Exactly. So there are people that get over fixated. So there's danger there. But then there's also danger in not having an anchor and not having um, a heading. All right. So like, you know, you're just kind of drifting, which, um, again, it could be good or it could be could be really scary because you don't know what the next step brings. Um, Yeah. Well, like you, I have, um, I won't say floated in and out of different career situations, but I, you know, sometimes I've worked 
outside the home. Sometimes I haven't. And it's funny to me that need for the the title and the heading because Mm -hmm. I tend when I have a job, it's typically been in the teaching field. So I identify as a teacher. I'm teaching. Mm -hmm. I'm teaching at this college or I'm teaching at this school. When I'm not teaching and I'm at home, this is so, you know, arrogant, I guess, but I always talk about how I'm the CEO of our house. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like I, <laughs> I go from teacher to CEO because in my head, that's the highest level. And that is kind of what I do, uh, but yeah. it's like, I can't just not have a title. I have to, I have to put something on it. So mm. I'm the CEO, the COO, the CFO. Um, so that's funny that I always feel that need to do that. I wonder too, if people don't, um, that, that's, a, that's a great tip. So, right. So, because people, I think, can, especially those of us who end up in seasons of staying home, if you, unless you want, unless that's your thing, right? Like, and honestly, that's a full-time job. Have you ever looked into getting life insurance for yourself? Have you ever sat down and had people? I do have life yeah. insurance. Okay, we because, have amounts. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you think about what it would cost to replace you, it's freaking bonkers. Like, it's not nothing. Yeah. You're not yeah. just staying home, right? You're doing all these right. things. You're you're the childcare provider. You're cooking meals. You're cleaning out. You know, managing budgets, all that kind of stuff. So you yeah. count it. And if you think about the transferable skills there, they're pretty huge. But we diminish those because it's our society, right? Like it's not. Yeah. It's not the 18th century where you're managing an estate. <laughs> you know, because that was right. a job too, right? Like you had to make yeah. sure people got paid and your staff was on you. <laughs> wasn't a job in my ancestry, but apparently that was a thing. Right. <laughs> but today we are still running households. So there's value there. But again, like, I don't think that we've been conditioned as a society to, to really value that as a role. Right. Right. So it's, oh, I just stay home or, you know, like, ugh, don't just anything. Yeah. Right. Like figure right. it out what it is that you're contributing to that role, whatever it is, um, extricate whatever your competencies are and start to identify with your competencies and not just the thing that you're doing you know what i'm saying because you could lose the thing that you're doing right i mean you know if if it's even if it's just just a barista or just uh anything anything that's not just what you're doing because if you lose that then what you know you've lost the thing you're just doing and you could be stuck in a situation of well i can't even do that and that's a really dangerous spiral. So take out the things that you're, you didn't lose just because you lost the job. You're still, you know, able to do these things. These are your strengths. This is what you bring to whatever it is that you're doing. Identify with those things versus the job. Um, the title. The title. Yeah. 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 That's really good. So, yeah, that's that's one of the dangers of holding on to something that's not necessarily your reality. But I also think another one can just be the the thief of discontentment and feeling like you know the sky is falling and I'm for me sometimes I fall into these traps of using I never and I always and that's not a really Mm. reality either you know it's not that I never can find a job no I do it just takes a while sometimes Mm -hmm. or I never get a chance to get out of the house no that's that's not true either. So I think that's sometimes a danger that we fall into is using very generalized Mm -hmm. Mm self-talk and, and that can be really detrimental just to your overall like mental health and, 
well, it's too defining, right? Like there's no, yeah. there's no way out of it. So I even catch myself with my kids. Like you always do this. I'm like, oh, that's probably the worst thing you could say to a kid because you're labeling right. their behaviors as if they're stuck in them. And there's no like, there's no evolving past or there's no like growing past that. So yeah, when we start doing that, we're like, well, this is all we are. We're just affixing this permanent label. Um, oh, it is so hard to get out of. Yeah. I, can't, I do that too so, all the time. Oh yeah. Gosh. Well, I think it's human nature. And I think, yeah. you know, as we've talked offline other times, it's just a pattern you allow mm-hmm. yourself to get into and you have to kind of pull back on that and readjust. Well, we definitely don't want to just talk about the dangers. Uh, we really <laughs> want to focus on how we can utilize this op- as an opportunity to grow and how we can utilize this maybe feeling of discomfort and feeling of, you know, reality not aligning with hopes and dreams and look at how you can positively move forward in that. And so um, I know we both have a couple things to share here. Kelly, do you want to start? Yeah. So moving forward and this again, Claire and I, we're very, we're trying to practice what we preach, right? Like this isn't just, right. this is literally an opportunity for us to say things out loud and hold ourselves accountable. So if you're listening and you derive any sort of value from it, I'm so happy. <laughs> but um, so some of the things that I've been picking up and kind of storing away personally uh, when dealing with this sort of discussion on identity and disappointment or just, you know, not really sure how you got where you are is the importance of being more invested in the process or the reasons versus the results. So it's actually, it's very stoic. You know, it's very like, you can't control anything that's happening outside of yourself. You can't control any of the extrinsic things that are coming at you. The only thing you can control is how you respond and how you react and how you internally kind of deal with um, your scenario, your situation. So if you can hook on to, maybe the end goal is to, be a nurse or be a doctor or be a teacher or, you know, one of these professions that we've talked about, maybe the end goal is to have the family with the white picket fence and to live in a sweet little town forever and ever and ever, or whatever it is that you dreamed up for yourself at at some point in time in your life. And you've become kind of attached to that instead of being attached to the, the actual like components of that and the outcomes of that being more focused on how you get there. And the feelings that are evoked and the, the, the way that you respond to that image or that, um, that dream and trying to hook on and stay focused and invested on that. So then you can find things that even if it doesn't look the way that you thought it was going to, you can still find things to extricate that feeling from. So you find something that makes you happy, brings you joy, you know, gives you the warm fuzzies, like this is what I was meant to do, be, live, whatever, Find those moments and hang on to them and then like consciously recognize those moments, whatever it is that you're doing or, you know, who you're with or whatever, find those things and intentionally pour more into those things. And you'll find that, you know, it's, it's giving more meaning to the experience versus like missing the experience to try to rush through and get to the end goal and the end result. So true. I don't know. What do you think, Claire? What do you think you're... Yeah, I agree with that. I have to, I guess as a English and language person, I'm always thinking in terms of words and I have to remind myself, don't be in the past. Don't be always about what did happen or how it used to be. Don't be in the future. Don't be in the shoulds. Be in today. Be in the is. And so for me, I have to, and it's a conscious thing I have to to be mindful of every day. Be in today. 
focus on today. Don't focus on what used to be. Don't focus on what could be down the road if A, B, C, D, and E. Just focus on the is of today. What is? Who are the people around me today? Who are the people that I can interact with and, um, you know, contribute to or, or glean from and, and focus on that instead of all the external and all the what ifs. I love focus on the is. That's great. Just, yeah, just be present. Yeah. Wake up. Stop stop listening yeah. to the story you're telling yourself that was supposed to happen, right? Because it's all just stories, you know, and we have the ability to change that. Um, right. It's not easy. <laughs> and by the way, you guys, nothing we talk about is going to be easy. <laughs> We're yeah. These are literally all things that we struggle with ourselves. Um, this is kind of, you know, just the things that we're we're learning and that we're hearing and that we want to pass along um, that are bringing some meaning to us. Um, yeah. I think that's a great segue into who do you want to be around? Yeah. yeah. Should we chat about our last week's challenge? <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Okay. So last week, our advice not given, uh, mine was to find at least five people in your, in your life, typically in your phone to, um, demark or you know like denote that they are special in some way like those are the five people that you care about their opinions right like if they had something to say to you you're going to listen um so in the way that or my challenge was to put a little emoji by their name so that if and when that person calls you texts you whatever you're going to pick up the phone and <laughs> and listen right. or be there for them or you know mainly they're ca- they're they're sparking some growth in you in some way and you value them and you have taken the time objectively to go through and pick out those people so that when you're stressed out and you, your tendency is to like side button I don't want to talk to anybody whatever you'd be more likely to say oh I remember I'm supposed to answer the phone when this person calls um so I went through I actually found for I, we'll call it five. I found five people, <laughs> but I actually found it a little bit harder than I wanted to admit to do that. Um, definitely not for any reason, like excluding anyone. Cause I mean, I have, first of all, let's be real. Not that many people call me, not that many people call anyway, <laughs> period, right. 2019. And I appreciate that. But, um, yeah, I just found that it was, it was interesting. Cause I wanted to, I wanted to put more people, I wanted to give more people a designation, but then it kind of defeats the purpose. So I actually went through and came up with different de- designations for different people. So I stuck to my advice and I did my core five people and got, gave them the little their little emoji. But then I went through and started putting different emojis from people. Basically, what feeling I had when I looked across their when I saw their name in my phone. What was my feeling? Was it like? And you did that mostly just positive emojis, right? Like, of course. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> oh, that could be fun though. That would be really. No, because mainly because I wanted to um, magnify that feeling when their text or phone call or whatever comes through. Uh, So one thing that I did actually by my husband, I put the little kissy face, like the lip emoji. And it's funny. I didn't think it would mean anything. But now I'm seeing every time he texts me, whether or not he's sending me anything nice, like he could just be like, I'm getting milk from the grocery store. I see a little kissy emoji. And I'm like, oh, I just felt love. Like. Yeah, it's like yeah. a little dopamine hit. It yeah. really is. And they're red, so there's that too. Um, but, you know, if it's laughter, if it's, you know, warm fuzzies, if it's hugs, if it's prayer hands, you know, whatever it is that you want to kind of like spur in your mind. My sister put a little smiley face, not even an emoji. What's it? What did they call it before? Emoticon. Emoticon. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when she put her phone number in my phone years and years and years ago, 
it's still there. There's just a little smiley or winky face. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. And it's been there forever, but I never thought about expanding that. So now that's what I've kind of done. So now I'm trying to consciously do that just to, just to keep the phone from being just this like tether, right? It can, it can be more than that. It can actually bring you something. So, yeah. So I did the same thing and I, I put the little green, looks like a little piece of a plant Uh to symbolize growth. And basically we were just identifying people in our lives that we want to pick up when we call them, but we also pick up when they call us, right? It's a mutual thing. And so I went through my contacts and I ended up, um, I think I had the opposite problem where I wanted to include, well, they, you know, they're special and they're, and so then I was like, no, 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 got to narrow this down, got to keep refining it. And I had, I think a total of 10, not counting my mom and sister, because right. to me, they're like givens. That's separate. Um, yep. But like the people that, that I would text or call in a bind, people mm. that text and call me when they have big news. And so I actually added them all to my favorites list, like you yep. uh, recommended. And so a few times throughout the week, I noticed myself just even clicking on that favorite star and yeah. thinking, these are my people. Okay. And honestly, I I lived the week and probably at least six or seven of them I had phone calls or text message threads with. And it wasn't that I was initiating it all. It was just that those people happened to be kind of coming through the communication route this week. And I don't know what it was, but like I would just see that little green plant and feel so like I almost felt like I exhaled when I saw it because it was like to me it was this message of Claire, you don't have to go through all this alone or you don't have to, you're not living life alone. These are people. They want to hear what they want to hear the rough stuff. They want to hear the hard stuff. They're going to champion your cause. They're going to cheer for you. They're going to cry with you. They're going to sit with you. And I know that seems like a lot to come from just seeing an an emoji, emoji. (laughs) but um, it really did. I don't know. There was just this mental shift for me to see those things and then feel a sense of, Oh, Oh yeah. Yeah. She's she's my person. She's my go-to. But my my new challenge is to add an emoji for Ryan, and then right? maybe get that marriage kind of. I'm telling you, I'm like, like he literally sent me like it was not even it was like okay, and it, but it was the because you know I don't so you know, working all day. Is it the I'll, pure red lips or is it the yeah. smiley face that's no, no, kissing? No. It's the it's the kissy lips. Oh, is he getting, that's gonna call him? I don't want to call right now. It's just the um. Here, I'll show you. I'll show you guys. We'll put these in I show see. notes. Or it looks something like, like a that. lipstick kiss. Yeah, that like, looks you know, to me. Well, that looks a little sexier to me than just the some emoji who's kissing. But I love it. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And whether you know, anyway, so he'll he'll be more. That's excited. cute. Um, it's not like anything raunchy. Apparently, we can do a whole episode on what oh, the real yeah. meaning of some of those emojis are. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no. And another thing too that I realized: so you can put them on your favorites list or not. Like usually, my favorites list is like you know family. Um, again, I call like four people on the planet. Right. So, you know, it's, it's families that we FaceTime with or something like that that my kids can get to easily, but you can also search your contacts. So right. maybe if you're looking to feel a certain kind of way or you're, you know, wanting to reconnect or you're doing some intentional work towards being connected and maintaining your relationships, you can search your growth emoji or your kissy emoji, or you probably don't want to have too many of those in your phone, but <laughs> no. yeah, but you know, whatever it is, if you want to have somebody that you laugh with, um, put a smiley face or the laughy emoji and then search for that person when you're feeling funny or when you're feeling like you need some funny. I, just, I don't yeah. know. I thought it was really cool. It was a neat yeah. way to, to, you know, designate people in your life for, um, for what they are and what value they bring to you. And to take it a step farther, 
Claire sent me that she put me as one of her growth people. Yes. And I was like, oh, you didn't have to do that. But that was like, oh, that's so special. So maybe if but you, you do, are. But yeah, and you're one of mine too, for sure. But if you if you tell people, hey, just so you yes. know, you have a laughy emoji by your face, not because I'm being petty and labeling my contact list, but because I want you to know that you bring me joy. Um, yeah. And thank you for that. And it's just one little small moment in your day that would brighten someone else's and um, yeah, just be really helpful. So yeah, yeah. that was a Well, the other challenge. thing I loved about this was it literally took me like maybe eight to 10 minutes to right. go through all my contacts. Yep edit the contact, put in the emoji. And so it was like this tiny little amount of work for this huge yeah. payoff, like yeah. this huge emotional payoff for me. So that's really what we're about here. Like we're in this whole advice segment, I guess, to transition to what we want to leave you with for today. Um, we don't want this to be something that's like your life's work. We want just like a quick little, try yeah. this at home, try, try to try this for yourself, see if it works and um, see what the payoff might be for you. So that's kind of where we are. So that's a good segue for our advice not given today. Um, in keeping with the idea of trying to be present where you are, we wanted to share a suggestion for a tip to try at home. Um, I have a friend that wherever she moves, she quickly and early on tries to identify three physical features of the place she is living that are positive that she can reflect on or when she's starting to feel you know, frustrated or discontent about where she is, she can kind of turn and flip the switch and focus on these three things. And so, for example, where we both live now, her identifiers are this place has clear blue skies, open spaces, and tall pine trees. And I know that sounds kind of hokey and out there, but for her, it helps to identify and put her back in her physical space and look at something positive from that place. And so I love that idea of wherever you are, identifying three physical features of it that can be celebrated. So Kelly, what would you say, and I know I'm not giving you much time to think here, but what would be three positive features where you live right now? Positives. Close proximity to everything. So okay. we're on the East Coast. We're close to the ocean, the mountains, you know, the the Northeast. Uh, anyway, we're close to everything. Yeah. Um, it is temperate, I guess we could say. I mean, it's really hot, but we, we have all four seasons. Um and it is welcoming. It's a very, it's a very welcoming, warm place. Um, it's also really comfortable because it's kind of where I grew up. It's near where I grew up. Okay. So those would be my things. I love, love, love that making it like a mantra because we get so stuck in, you know, this thing sucks or this place sucks or, you know, and it's almost from a business perspective, even you come up with your mission or your, your slogan or your tagline or whatever it is, because you want to get that really rooted down. Um, right. And you want to have your talking points like really solid and concrete so that you're keeping your message clear and consistent. And we could translate that into your personal life too. Yeah. Um, I am happy. And I think I even am healthy. I am whole, you know, things like that. They're, they're mantras right. for a reason. So yeah, right. that's great. Well, and I like the, the idea of picking things kind of external or, a, a, you know, geographical because for me, a lot of times, yes, my, my frustration can be tied to where I am geographically. Mm -hmm. But I also think that when you begin to think about the outer world around you, it gets the focus off of your inner turmoil. Oh, and so I think great. that's a, yep. a good thing. 
So yeah. I'm going to try off the off the fly here to think of my three for where I live. Um, wonderful community, slow pace of life, mm. and beautiful outdoors. I love and I it. think some, some of those, you know, may feel like I need to really explain. So wonderful community, slow pace of life. beautiful outdoors when you say slow though are you qualifying that as a good thing (laughs) I I honestly did mean it as like a good thing because for me this has been a time where I've been able to slow down I've been able to not have so many things and so many distractions and so many responsibilities it's been a a beautiful slow it's been Uh a deep breath kind of thing and I don't always see it as that but but it really is but yeah you're right it does it's a good reminder then yeah that that's about that's a value of yours that you're looking for and that you're appreciative of. Oh, that's cool. Because there are times that it has not been a slow pace of life for us. And it's not really for Ryan and his job, so to speak, but because of the isolated location and the, the smaller town and the fewer, you know, opportunities, it, it by nature just kind of slows things down, but that's Mm -hmm. not a bad thing. And I feel like we go at this hardcore pace that sometimes it's like a gift to have a slow pace of life. Yeah, and it forces you to, like, focus on what's around you and your relationships with people. And, yeah, because yeah, we've been at a couple of those places, too, where it's, you know, dreaded, like, oh, you don't want to go there. It's so awful. Or it's it's out in the middle of nowhere. There's no Amazon Prime or you know, whatever it right. is. Um, but it does make you re- reevaluate, like, what you could be happy with and where you could find contentment right. back to find the things that bring you joy. And maybe if you are slowing down, you can realize then that it is relationships or it is new friendships or it is, you know, community with your neighbors or, you know, because if there's nothing else to do but sit on the front porch, guess what? You're going to meet some people and you might find that you'd be happier in a slow pace of life. That's great. That's a great exercise too, just to like, again, force you to be observant of your situation and dig out the good stuff and then also concrete it so that when you're yeah. asked, your instinct isn't like, Ugh, it's more, okay, I've practiced this. I know what to tell yeah. you now. And it's also yeah. setting other people up who are headed that way. Yes. To have and I really successful. don't think it's a, I don't think it's like a false, you know, sense of blowing sunshine, so to speak. I mean, it's really, mm. it's really in perspective and how you view it. And I think, again, I just think there's so much power in identifying the things around you because it gets you outside of yourself right? and it helps you to focus on the geographical place you are, but also like how there's room for you to grow in that place. And, um, so yeah, that's kind of what that's we fantastic. are. That's the advice we're not giving you, but if you wanted to take <laughs> it, you certainly could. Um, and we'll check back in. I think Kelly and I maybe will yeah, we'll we'll come up with like polish a mine up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we'll <laughs> Let's polish, polish up and tighten them up and make them. And you know, and again, and Claire and I are in a situation too where we're consistently meeting people that are headed to the area that we're in, where there's you know everybody just moves around. And I find that always in the Facebook groups or you know wherever right. the the email threads or the text threads tell me everything about this place because we're about to head there and I am so scared or apprehensive or whatever. It would be so great to have that. And I think that's where your friend's challenge even came from or her advice came from right. is that, you know, she's consistently answering the questions about moving to this place. And typically what you see, especially with some of the more remote places, are the bad stuff. There is the, right. you know, the, the, just the reputations that places have. So it'd be great to yeah. kind of combat that a little bit with some positivity. That's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. 
I love it. Thanks for joining us this week on Advice Not Given. Be sure to visit us on our website, millspogurus.com. Click on the podcast link where you can subscribe to the show so you'll never miss an episode. We're on Instagram and Facebook at millspogurus where we keep the conversation going and you can share your advice not given.